Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. All right, welcome back to another show. We appreciate you coming. Uh, please like, subscribe, comment, and share uh, wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it be YouTube, Rumble, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Um, please uh, tap on that like button. Um, pass it on to a friend. Uh, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening. Uh, that's the handshake agreement we have with you. We provide, so far this is episode 116, we've provided 116 episodes of content, um, which is more than we ever thought we would do. But two years later, we're still here. I think April was our uh, was our two-year yeah. monitor. So we're two years and some months into it now. Well, we gave the the, uh, the gift card prize on our... We did do that. Yeah. We did that for two years? I think so. We didn't do anything for one year, did we? No. We didn't. We didn't make any money. So we didn't have any money for prizes. Right. Um, that was all our prize money. So that's from work. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we'll do some next year. Maybe. Um, I'm too busy buy, buying fifty dollar bottles of bourbon that win contests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you for being here uh, tonight. The show is still sponsored by Cheers and Spirits and the Oriental Station Plaza, where we did buy all that. Wonderful bourbon and not so wonderful bourbon. Uh, although I still think the worst one wasn't so bad. Um, but that, uh, what was that? Why can't I remember the name of the one that won? Something in something. Bibb and, Bibb and Tucker. Bibb and Tucker. That was the one. Yep. Um, and I actually had that one before. Yeah. So when it, what I, when you brought the bottles down, and I was like, and I knew which one was my highest ranked, and I was like, I hope it's that. Yeah. And it so, was good. Yeah. Now, here's the here's the weird thing, though. So, I brought... Because I liked it so much, um, I brought... I might have brought a little bit to the pool for, for happy hour. Mm-hmm. That's where we do some happy hour. Um, <clears throat> one of my only happy hours I'll be at. But, you know, I was there. And I had it over ice this time. I wasn't as big of a fan of it over ice, which surprises me because I'm I'm, I'm a guy who... Usually drinks over ice. Uh, tasting it, though, I really liked it without ice. Does that mean I'm going to start drinking stuff neat? Probably not. But if you like your bourbon neat, that Bibb and Tucker is one to go get. If you like it over ice, you got to wait for when I try it another time over ice. I I, I want to give it another go over ice before I make a final determination on that. Um, but if you, if you can find that Bibb and Tucker bottle... I believe it was 92 proof or 92 or 96. I forgot what it was. Um, for 50 bucks, man, that, that was, that was a pretty good bottle. Um, we're going to go for a different one tonight. Um, we've talked about how I haven't really tried a, a, a legitimate rye bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, well, I got one. I was like, well, let's let's just try this out tonight because I really want I really want to figure out what it's about because I was under the impression that they're spicy and I wasn't going to like them, so I pretty much just wrote them off. Mm-hmm. But much like my kids, I got we got to do the no thank you bite. Yeah. So we're going to do the no thank you sip and see if I actually say no thank you. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite and I'm just talking right. on my ass. So that's going to be the the bourbon for tonight is going to be bullet rye, yeah, which. 
you know, after last episode where we ranked bullet the regular bullet bourbon at the bottom. Second to last, yeah. Maybe this isn't the ride to go with, but we're going to go with it. So, yeah, and th- this one, um, when my father-in-law was in town, my wife stopped and bought him some Jack Daniels. And she knows I don't care for Jack Daniels. So she probably thought she was buying me bullet bourbon, but just because the bottle looks the same. And she's not, I, I mean, I wouldn't know the difference. You know, a couple of months ago. So she picked up this, which I've had before and I like. The best rye I've ever had was uh, Sagamore Spirits rye. And Sagamore Spirit is a distillery owned by Kevin Plank, who owns the who owns Under Armour. Right. So that that was, uh, I wanted it up. I was at some fundraising barbecue party thing that had a liquor wheel. And I went and spun the wheel and... Landed on that. There's just nothing but there, but like Captain Morgan and Absolute. Was like, yeah, all, and I saw this. I just got it because the bottle looked neat, and it was spirit. It was, it was their ride. I really enjoyed it. So um, it's a little hotter, but you know, see if you don't like it. I mean, there's always, you can always just not drink it. I can, I can wash it down with some uh, four roses in the back. Yeah. Um, do you want ice or no? Uh, I'm gonna go iceless for right now. Yeah. All right. It means I got poured out. Oh, if it's in there, <laughs> leave it in. You leave sure? It. Yeah. Sure. I, mean, I don't want. I'm, I don't want to force your oh. hand. Here. I mean, <laughs> I don't. It's not a big. I've had you will drink it with ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already poured it. Yeah. Can't waste ice. I, I can't pour it into my cup. It's got cootie ice now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have some interesting things to talk about, uh, especially if you live in our area. But even if you don't, it, this situation made national news. Yeah, so it it was uh, pretty, like it was it was cool. So I'm a nerd, and um, I, I was sitting on the pool deck, and all of a sudden we hear a boom, a really loud boom, that you could feel the. Uh, I actually felt the concussion from it. So because we're outside, and, and what turned out later happened is this occurred over the Chesapeake Bay, and where we were at was probably four miles from the bay so it was still pretty concentrated but in the end it turned out it was a sonic boom from what we heard and uh it was a sonic boom from two f-16s that were scrambled to intercept an unresponsive um aircraft that would that was flying in the area so that's what it ended up being there was all kinds of speculation a house exploded um that it was Red Dawn, that, that it was, you know, aliens. But mostly it was a it was a house exploded, a transformer exploded. I at first didn't think it was a sonic boom because supersonic flight over populated areas is not that's verboten. So, uh, but yeah, that's what it was. So, yeah. I, so I'll try and tell the story a little bit. So. It was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So most people are just kind of going about their business. This isn't morning rush hour. It's it's well, it, it was a Sunday anyway. So we were actually um, in the car. And I'll, I'll get to where we were later because that's a different story altogether. We actually didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And apparently we were in the vicinity of people that heard it. But we were probably just too far away. Um. But from what people were saying was, it was so loud 
that some people said it like shook their house. Um, like enough where like more than what the earthquake did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I think we had what a five or six on the Richter scale yeah, earthquake was, or something like that. Yeah. Fairly minor, but it shook like it shook the houses side to side. Oh, I, I was standing outside when that happened. Like you see the sidewalk like like waves and like that sidewalk's not supposed to do that. So apparently this had more of a magnitude than that. Um, if you were within a certain distance. Now apparently those jets were scrambled out of Andrews. Mm-hmm. We live about 40 miles east of Andrews, yeah. give or take, 30, 30 to 40 miles east. Um, yeah, air miles is probably 25, 30 in a straight line. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's like for me, I would have to take Route 50 down to 495 south. Mm-hmm. That would get me to Andrews. For me, it's a like driving-wise, you're about 30, 30 to 40, 40 miles. It's 41. My old office is right outside of there. There you go. Yeah. 41 miles from door to door. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of the radius that this boom was felt and heard like not, it was felt like not light grumble. Like it, it shook people's houses. Mm -hmm. So I would say lightly, it was probably where we were up in Columbia at the time. Cause that's about 40, 45 miles North of Andrews. And then you had Ken Island even felt it. And they're probably about 45 miles. Yeah. So what they ended up doing, and the reason why it was felt like that, is because they vec- before they went supersonic, they vectored the jets over the bay. And it was over the bay where they lit the pipes. So when they're over the bay, so I've been out fishing on the bay, and Aberdeen Proving Grounds was way up north. They'll be blowing stuff up, and you could hear it on a boat in the bay because there's nothing to stop the sound. Once it gets over the water, it just goes. So when those jets get over the bay, but they probably send them due east from Andrews, which is still probably 15, 20 miles directly south of where we are. So that's where they lit them up, and then they turn back west to go intercept this this airplane. All right. So Mike and I have two different roles in this because Mike is the aviation expert Uh, i'd say nerd (laughs) amateur enthusiast more knowledgeable (laughs) that's what i'm gonna go with because i have knowledge of i don't want to say the knowledge i've got but i have knowledge as far as a very specific set of skills yes (laughs) um especially when it comes to deployment of aircraft Mm -hmm. um only i i learned from a very specific situation how it kind of occurs. Um, so Mike, I got, so I've got multiple questions on this because some of it doesn't align with what I know. Mm-hmm. First one is why were they over the bay? And, and the reason why I'm asking that is because the plane was coming across, basically coming back South. We'll, we'll get to the actual path of this plane in a minute, but it was coming back south, headed over D.C. It was not over the bay. No. And Andrews, if you come east, you literally have to turn around and come back to get to where the plane was. They had a more direct route to this thing. So the reason they went supersonic over the bay is to lessen the impact of that boom. Okay. So had they done it directly over, say, D.C. or, you know... Capitol Heights or whatever town, 
You talk about windows being shattered, all kinds of craziness going on. You take it over the bay and do it there, the impact is lesser. So do you think they went north to intercept that plane north? See, I'm not sure where they picked it up, but you have to understand that these jets are moving so fast that that little jot over the bay, I mean, it's it's nothing. It, it, Seconds. Yeah. I mean, well, what, two minutes if from that, Andrews to the bay? Yeah. Like to cover 40 miles. When you take off from there and get to a decent you can see the bay. Right. So you can see the bay from not that far, not that high up. Um, because everyone thinks like, oh, that's a long drive. Well, yeah, it's a long drive. But in the air, yeah. it's... It's not far. It's straight. Everything's a straight line in the air. So that brings the next question. And I actually asked a DOD buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm going to preface this right now. All of these opinions are ours and have no, do not reflect any employers we might be employed by. And it's important that I say that. Not that I'm going to reveal anything, but it's important that I say that. So. I did talk to a DOD buddy of mine. He's not employed there anymore, but he was ex-military, worked at the DOD. Um, fairly high up once he became a civilian, but he was in, he was in the Air Force at one point in time. Um, I asked him, cause, because it was such a short area that they were working in, in my opinion, the sonic boom was not necessary. What did they cut? Maybe half a second off the intercept? Yeah, depending on where they picked it up. So I think they picked it up between Baltimore and D.C. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the I-95 corridor, but in, in that general range. But in that range, from Andrews to the Bay to, to the 95 between Baltimore and Washington, a sonic boom would have maybe cut four seconds off the intercept, maybe. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about a lot of time. So I asked him, I was like... Did someone just get a little little punch happy on the throttle? Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> He's like, the guy probably. Like he, But the weird thing is, like, he got a... They say he got approval to do the sonic boom. I'm not sure if that's accurate. And, and, and the reason being is because it wasn't necessary. It wasn't cutting off intercept time. They weren't in the D.C. airspace. And if they were... They would have taken off from Andrews. They would have gone south to Fairfax and then come back up because they don't have the restricted. They can fly over D.C. Yeah, they like, can just cut right over. See, I just don't know where they picked this thing up from. Right. I, I, but if you if you look at the – if you go on FlightAware and look at the flight path, it's really weird what this airplane did. Yeah. Um. So they could have picked it up anywhere between, you know – say Trenton, New Jersey and um, DC. And so here's, well, this is where I don't know if that's true. The word was that it was the DC national guard that scrambled jets. Mm -hmm. That left from Andrews. Mm -hmm. That's where they are. If this was in Jersey or Pennsylvania airspace, the National Guard from Jersey or Pennsylvania would have scrambled. What? See it, and they could have. We just don't know. Yeah. But again, that would also lessen. If they did, that would have lessened the need for the sonic boom. Well, I think it depends on. I would not be at all surprised if all those national, all those areas, 
are almost on a rotation. Remember, DC, those are DC guard jets. Those are, they're not, those pilots are, are guardsmen. They're not active duty, so they're not sitting there. So it could be, okay, DC's got it this weekend. And then next weekend, it's New Jersey Air Guard. And then depending on what guards there are, like Maryland Air National Guard mm-hmm. doesn't fly F-16s. Right. Maryland Air National Guard flies C-130s and A-10s. Now, as much as I love the A-10, I'm not sure what kind of an interceptor the A-10 is. It's a, slow, it's a, it's a slower airplane. Yeah. Yeah, so now, could the A-10 have shot down a Cessna Citation with that 30-millimeter cannon? I'm absolutely sure it could. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I don't believe that this aircraft was shot down at all. So, um, just I, put, I just, got another theory on that. Just too. put that out there. So, DC, you know, and when you think of the speeds, again, our main frame of reference, most people, is driving. See, so, oh, wow, that's Pennsylvania Guard so much closer. It depends on where they're at. It depends on where that those jets are located and what what status they're in. Yeah. So, so, I guess, so I guess the question is: Was the boom necessary? Yeah. In my opinion, even even if they had to, even if they were picking this thing up at the Maryland Pennsylvania border, which I think that's probably when the alarm bells went off. Well, see, I think we're going to really know when, because I'm not sure when the airplane lost contact with air traffic control. And that'll tell you a lot about where, by the, and you got to remember the, the the Citation jet's also moving pretty quick, too. It's it not moving. It, it was a Cessna, though, wasn't it? Cessna Citation. It's a oh, jet. Oh, okay, okay. And it's yeah. a jet, yeah, not propeller. So it was traveling at, it was at uh, 34,000 feet. Okay. So it's at a very high altitude. So we're not talking like a Cessna 172 that you go to learn how to get your pilot's license in. This is a, a the military actually uses this. Um, it's a UC something. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small jet. It it's, it's, like a, a, it's a luxury jet. It looks like a Learjet. Yeah. It's a little smaller. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's moving pretty good too. So depending on where contact was lost. And then they figure out, okay, we have to scramble somebody. Okay, who's close? Who's ready to go? It could be DC Air Guard was closest and the most ready to go. Right. Now, so beside the besides whether the sonic boom was necessary, I'm I'm, I'm still going to stick with it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But let, let's say the guy just got a little punch happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, just uh, the, the, I'm sure his adrenaline is pumping because this is... One of the only times in his life he got uh, a go call. Yeah. And a, a scramble drill, mm-hmm. right? Because initially it was reported as a drill. Yeah. And there was no, sh- there's no shot, zero, that an air unit doing drills was ever given the green light for a sonic boom. Mm-mm. Not, not, not near civilians. Yeah. I'm now, sorry. Now they fly supersonic, but there's a, there's a practice range out over the Atlantic Ocean. Yep. The, Jets out of Andrews use it. The jets out of Pax River use it. Out of NAS Norfolk use it. They all fly out there. They can hot dog and fly supersonic and do all, everything they want. No one can hear it because it's it's offshore. Yeah. Well, it, and for a lot of times, if air pilots are going to push their equipment, yes, they're going to do it over the ocean or they're going to do it in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New Mexico, yeah. Arizona. I think Navy uses Fallon, Nevada. That's where Top Gun is now. So yeah, it, like there's a lot of open space out there. 
which the military loves to use. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they can make it any landscape they want, but especially with, for the last few years where we've been in the Middle East, the the desert out in Arizona has been I mean, <laughs> a, a, a perfect ground for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, f- there was no shot. It was it was a training exercise, and they let a jet do a sonic boom over the bay. Yeah, that was never going to be the, the plausible. Uh, the the plausible uh, scenario. Um, let's talk about the Cessna for a minute. Mm-hmm. So it took off from Tennessee. Yep. Got all the way up close to Newark. No, and, what it and, so the jet it was supposed to fly to uh, Long Island MacArthur. Right. So I've flown in there Southwest. When Southwest first started service to New York, that was the airport they used. Before they got all bougie and got slots at Kennedy and LaGuardia, right? So, but that and that was Southwest model. They use the lesser used airport. So, like they didn't use O'Hare in Chicago. They what's the Midway? I mean, yeah, they use Midway in Chicago. So, this jet was going to MacArthur. So it takes off out of Tennessee, climbs to thirty four thousand feet, and it heads kind of east northeast. To a, it looks like a VOR at Cedar Creek, New Jersey, which is down near Cape May. Okay. And a VOR is just a variable, high-frequency, omnidirectional radio navigation device. <laughs> That's kind of what... So it flies there. From that, it then turns to the north to fly directly to Iceland. The entire time, it maintains 34,000 feet. It gets to Islip and it turns to the west like it's going to line up for Islip, but never descends. So if it's going to land, the jet's going to, going to descend before it crosses over land on Long Island. And it's going to turn, line up, and then land on the uh, at the airport there. Sure. So it never descends. It just turns. It turns back to a heading of... And I looked at FlightAware and remembered all the numbers. So it turns back to a heading of like 238, 239 degrees, which is about southwest. Which also, if you follow the path all the way down in a straight line, past where it crashed, takes you right back to Elizabethton, Tennessee. Correct. Where it took off. Yep. So, but the entire time, it never descends. It stays at that altitude. So something happened to it. Now, I'm not sure... The, the, the big key is going to be where did it lose contact with air traffic control? So they could have taken off and somehow whatever happened to the to the pilot, it could have been when it got to altitude. If he has the flight plan programmed into the, into the um, FMC, the flight management computer, the jet's going to fly that path. Right. It's going to fly the altitude it's set, the airspeed it's trimmed up for, and the flight path it's set. It's going to do it. It just does it. So... Once it gets to Long Island, though, nothing else is programmed into it. It just now the flight plan ends. So do you think it, you think the computer is there a default that the computer hasn't returned to the original location? So I asked a friend of mine. Uh, he's an airline pilot, and he used to fly that particular air, aircraft in the military. He said it depends on the avionics suite. So whatever type of so the different trim levels and ages of the airplane will depend on what it does. Some it'll just fly its last known heading and just keep on going. Others might turn back to a certain point. And the thing is, like, why would it turn back to go to Elizabethton, Tennessee, 
if there's some sort of emergency on board. You're going to want to find the closest airport, which is when you made that turn, MacArthur, it's 34,000 feet directly below you. Right. If you can't make that, you've got LaGuardia, you've got Kennedy, you've got Teterboro. There's all kinds of other airports on Long Island that you can, or even in Connecticut. Well, so the reason why I asked what the plane would automatically do, because here's my theory. The plane got to altitude, and I don't, I don't know if you remember the Payne Stewart plane scenario. So mm-hmm. essentially, the plane went up, depressurized, and everyone was dead yep. in the air. And the plane flew for a while. Until it, it runs out of fuel. Ran out of fuel and crashed. And I think that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. My question was, because especially after you figure out who was on the flight, you know, it was, a, so the company that owned the jet, it was a company jet. Well, I think they leased them out or something like that. But it was the owner, the owner of the jet. It was his daughter and grandchild. And nanny. And nanny. Mm-hmm. And the pilot; those are the four people on board. That's not the that's not the profile that goes and does a terrorist terrorist attack. Yeah. Not with a Cessna. I'm sorry, that's not the scenario here. Yeah. So I'm thinking you've got a Payne Stewart scenario where they mm-hmm. got to a certain altitude, everyone's dead. Cabin depressures. Yeah. So yeah. there's another one. A lot of Americans don't know about it. It was uh, Helios five two two, and Helios five two two is a seven thirty seven. It took off out of Athens. And there was something was set wrong with the cabin pressurization system. So when it took off, it just goes. And because it wasn't set correctly, it the things the, the oxygen mask never deployed. Not it just continued. And what happens with when someone goes hypoxic is they get everything starts to get they get disoriented, things get slow, and then you fall asleep and then you die. It's probably a Actually, if you're going to pick your way to go, it's probably not a bad one. Right. You know, so um, that could have happened anywhere above 18,000 feet. Well, and from what I understood, the the communication <coughs> was, there was no communication after the plane was at altitude. Mm-hmm. But there didn't need to be. No, and the thing is, when, when you, so every flight above 18,000 feet is done under instrument flight rules. So... It's done solely referencing the, the instruments and the navigation devices on the aircraft. It has no, you don't have it's flying without reference to the ground, even though on a clear day at eighteen thousand or thirty four. I mean, we all flown on airplanes. You can see the ground, but try to use landmarks that aren't the size of a body of water to navigate somewhere. So, but once the flight plan is filed, once you get your clearances and you're up and you've made contact with um, with the different air traffic control. Uh, zones they're not going to bother you you're just going to fly your thing so let me ask this the I know air traffic control has zones there's pass off zones right Mm -hmm. is Tennessee in the Baltimore Washington zone are they that wide I don't know so my thing is when they took off from Tennessee at some point when they went over the mid-Atlantic did they pass into a zone in which they, and, and when they do that, is there any communication there at all? Or did they just say, or is air traffic control just radio up to the plane and say, hey, we got you. Maintain your heading, yeah, whatever so, it is. But And if they don't respond, does that kind of you know sound an alarm? Or do they just, are they just used to not hearing a response? So what happens when you go from... 
zone to zone, they'll say, you know, say you're going from um, Potomac approach to another one. They'll say Potomac approach to your flight number or tail number, uh, change to frequency, blah, 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 to go to the next zone you're going to be in. You acknowledge the call. Once you go to the next zone, you change the radio frequency over, and you say, you know, uh, Cessna November 1234 on whatever zone you're going to. They acknowledge you, and then I think you give your altitude. So if you don't respond to that, though, at that point, do they scramble a jet? Because if that's the case, then they, they, must should. Have, they must have been conscious up through New Jersey. Yeah. Or who knows how many times they tried and everyone's like, okay, what do we do with this thing? Right. What are we doing with this thing? Right. We also don't know when the Air Force intercepted it. Right. Or how long they stayed with it. I mean, they watched it crash. Yeah. So they got close enough to be able to look it, look across and see that the pilot appeared to be slumped over. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure, like, because I'm sure people miss calls all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's... And, and where they miss the call, and then how many times they try to contact them, and then they probably have to contact the supervisor. And the supervisor says, "Okay, just watch it, right? See what it does. Where's it flying to? Well, it's flying in Newark, or it's flying to Long Island. Well, it's flying to Long Island. It's staying at altitude because remember Manhattan has a has a there's a, 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 a they call it a ADES, which yep. is Air Defense Intercept Zone. Manhattan has one too. So if it didn't brush close if it didn't raise any suspicions everything oh the guy has a radio problem whatever you know what's the what's the so they might just let it go for a minute right and then so it, it crash lands in Stanton Virginia which is south of DC mm-hmm. and I've got a feeling at that point it just ran out of fuel because there's no way that plane had enough fuel to leave Tennessee get to Long Island and come back they would have refueled that Long Island Oh, absolutely. They give it a little. They give it some extra fuel, but not that much extra fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got to feel. I, I I don't think they would have shot it down. Now the weird, if they were going to shoot it down, I feel like they would have shot it down before it entered over DC airspace. Yeah, like if they thought it was going to crash land in DC. I mean, at that point. You're you're gonna try and take it down if you see if you see the pilot slumped over and not responding, no one else is in the cockpit trying to fly the thing, so it's not like the, the pilot had a heart attack or something, and someone's like, oh my god, you know, yeah, um, like airplane, right? Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's is not anyone on board that can fly a plane. But then again, I mean, if that cockpit was locked shut, you know, it could there could have been people in the back, but. They probably could have looked in the, in the other windows and seen everyone knocked out. And, yeah. Well, well if, if you think about it, well, so the entire aircraft is pressurized by the same system. So what if whatever's going on up front is going on in the back? So, and then also, say the guy had a heart attack or something that just died up there. If you're just sitting in the back enjoying a flight, like, you're not going to know any difference. Right. You know? At some point, you're going to realize, hey, we should have landed by now and we didn't. You know? But... Yeah. If maybe you fell asleep on your own, so yeah, and so I, I guess my thing is it, for the for the scrambled jets. If you if you were going to shoot it down, I mean, think about this: from New York, Newark, Philadelphia, Baltimore, 
DC, there really isn't a good place to take it down. No. It, and because, I mean, your biggest worry is that it's going to crash land in a populated area. Well, they wouldn't shoot down the freaking balloon over Montana. Because they said, oh, it's popular. The Chesapeake Bay is more populated than most of Montana is. Right. But I mean, it, you know? if, if your choice is to let it fly until it runs out of fuel mm-hmm. or to shoot it to smithereens and let the debris kind of fall down. Because if, if, if a missile or two hits it, it, it there's not going to be, I mean, there's going to be some stuff that comes to the ground, but would it really, would the chunks be that big? I think you're, then you're concerned probably about like, the area, because remember that missile is so the the warhead of a missile is a bomb, explosives, with you know shrapnel essentially wrapped. So when it, not all of them, but the way they're designed, they get close to the heat source or the the radar return, whatever they're trying to blow up. Yeah. When it gets close to it, it blows up. So it doesn't necessarily hit the other airplane; it blows up near it, which then that spread of shrapnel goes and punctures and damages all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, airplanes are thin-skinned and made out of aluminum. Right. You know, jet engines are pretty sensitive. You put a couple holes in it, they like to detonate and explode. So, you know, so, it's not... So, I guess my question is, at what point do you make the decision to either shoot it down or not? Because you don't want it to be crashed. You don't want it to crash in D.C. So, I think, this is just conjecture... I think if you get up there and you look at it, you're like, okay, what is this thing doing? So the first thing they tried to fly in front of it and, and you know, get its attention. So they're popping flares near it. Um, an F-16 has enough juice to pass it, come around, fly it, like, pretty much as this plane is flying straight level, just fly circles around it. Yeah. So they're trying to get its attention, and they eventually get close enough. I think once they realize that it's just flying in a straight line... Then you're kind of weighing your options. Okay, so say you intercept it in near rural PA. Well, then if you blow it up, then what are you, what are you gonna like? Where's it gonna land? Where's where's the debris gonna land? Well, then once you get fly south, now you're starting to get into more populated areas, and then in suburban Maryland, you're gonna try to shoot it down there because who knows what kind of thing, you know what on the ground you're gonna gonna do. Yeah. So now you almost have to wait until it gets past D.C., then past parts of northern Virginia, out into a more rural area again. Yeah. But I think when you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, what is this aircraft doing? Is it taking any sort of evasive maneuvers? Nope, it's just flying a straight heading. It hasn't turned. It's flying at a set altitude. Um, it's making no attempts to evade or anything like that. It's just flying straight and level at a certain airspeed. Now they can now the they know what airplane this is, and I'm sure phone calls are being made. Where'd it come from? When it was there, what did it do? Who's on board? They're probably running background checks on everyone who's on board this airplane, supposedly. Right. And then they're saying what it do on the ground? Oh, it took, you know, a thousand pounds of fuel. Oh, okay, so it took they know the capacity. They say, Okay, a thousand pounds, they know exactly how far it's gone. How long has it been in the air? He's probably say, okay, this thing's going to get to about here before it's going to crash on its own. Yeah. So, because everything's, you know, documented. It's easy to kind of work your way back. Yeah, I guess my only thing is, <clears throat> so Stanton, Virginia 
flight-wise, is not very far from D.C. Mm-mm. So my thing was, I mean, by the, by the time they've caught up to the plane, they know it's not a terrorist threat. They can see the pilot slumped over. They, they know there's a, it, this is not a terrorist situation. This isn't a plane going to a particular target right. to crash into. This is not the scenario. Yeah. When the pilots got up there and they could look in the cockpit, they know this is not the scenario anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but now, but now in their head, they're thinking, okay, we need the people on the ground to do the math. Yeah. Because we need to see when is this thing going to run out of fuel? So my thing, so my thing was this: because Stanton's not that far away from DC, I mean, someone had to be very, very certain about how much fuel was left mm-hmm. to let that thing fly over DC like yeah. that. Because otherwise, you take that thing down. I mean, I don't know the exact flight path, but you'd have to go if it was west of Baltimore. I that. Because once you get DC, DC is fairly sprawling. The suburbs of DC into Montgomery County, oh, you, you get pretty sprawling. I mean, they pretty much, and even to the south, they sprawl all the way down to Fredericksburg. Right. So if you were going to take, if, if you had any inkling that that thing was going to run out of fuel anywhere from northern Montgomery County to South Arlington, mm-hmm. you got to take that thing down to Western Maryland. Yeah. So someone had to, basically, whoever had to do the math on that fuel had to be right. Had to be real right. Yeah. Um, the only thing I find a little weird is knowing how airplanes behave when they run out of fuel. And this is just based on flight aware and seeing how they chart things out. I was expecting a gradual descent. So airplanes are just like if the engines all of a sudden quit, they'll just drop out of the sky like a rock. So it'll start going down. It's not going to maintain altitude. Um, so it's going to start just, it's, it's trim. The trim is for a certain airspeed. So it'll, it should stay at that airspeed and just continue to descend until it hits the ground or hits something. Now, apparently this thing did like a corkscrew. It didn't nosedive. It did like a, like a, a corkscrew down. So that just seems strange. Like, cause it should have just gone down. It's the thing when you throw a paper airplane. You throw a paper airplane, if you built it right, or if you folded it right, it flies and it loses all the energy you got from the throw, and then it just comes down and in the same direction until it lands on the ground or hits a wall or something, then it'll, then it'll fall straight down. So my question is, why did it not do that? Unless FlightAware is just saying, okay, we're going to, because everyone in the world is looking at this thing, we're just going to keep it at altitude until it gets here, and that's possible too. I mean, if it did corkscrew, could one of the engines going out cause that? Yeah, if had a, yeah. so if it had a flame out on one engine, and no, we're not saying that they're going to flame out at the same time, you're going to have, now those engines are both relatively close to the center line, because if you're not familiar with the with the citation, the engines are in the back. On the tail wing. Yeah, right? so, they're, so they're to the rear, but they're not on top of each other. They're on either side of the fuselage. So if one flames out first, you would have a differential thrust, which would make it, which would make the airplane turn. Yeah. Or, and there's, again, nothing to confirm this at all, but because Stanton was the first probably 
pretty rural area to take this thing down. Mm-hmm. Maybe they shot down an engine. That's a hard. I mean, a couple bullets, maybe. The thing is that the F sixteen has a twenty millimeter cannon that fires, and I just listened to a podcast about this. So it fires six hundred rounds per minute. It has five seconds of ammunition on board. So it carries, I think it's, uh, so if if it were to, it might be 6,000 rounds a minute. Anyway, it's got five seconds of, of, you know, so to line that shot up and just hit one engine and hope the rest of it stays intact. Because you have, once the bullets start going to that engine, remember that jet engine's spinning really fast. All yeah. that stuff just starts like, You've got the the centrifuge effect. It all starts going out, right? And it's going to rip apart everything. Does it? Does the airplane stay together? Yeah. So chance. I mean, chances are it probably just ran out. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. Someone would have seen it. I mean, yeah, it's rural out there, but someone would have heard or seen something. You know, and I, now I'm not sure what the F-16 does with its spent shell casings, whether it ejects them <laughs> or keeps them. So there'd be. So say it fired a five-second burst, you know, there's going to be a hundred shell cases just came out of that thing. Yeah, I mean, they are saying the wreckage is pretty broken up, though. Yeah. Like but, it, it, it it does, I don't know, I feel like if it, if it kind of came down after losing some fuel, it should be more together than it is. Well, I think you'd have to look at, see, what destroys a lot of airplanes after crashes is the fire, too. Right. So if it if it's all together when it comes down, and then it breaks apart, like it's not going to be you're not going to see anything that looks like a huge fuselage. You'll be able to identify some pieces. Yeah, like the tails usually the tail usually survives. Like every crash, you usually see the tail. Right. Um, but the rest is going to be pretty smashed up. So remember, airplanes aren't designed to crash; they're designed not to crash. <laughs> right. So um, once it does crash, they break up pretty good. So I don't know what I think one of the funny things was is people were saying, oh, it, it flew over D.C. So they shot it down. Airplanes fly over D.C. all the time. That that airliners fly over D.C. Do they? Yeah. At 35,000 feet. Sure. That they flew over it's like south of D.C. Because that's where Dulles and Reagan are. Or Dulles is west, but Reagan yeah, is south. But, you know, you saw the Potomac River approach into, into, um, into D.C.A. It's where they, they fly like. Essentially, it's a visual approach. They follow the Potomac River. Yeah, um, that that DC ADs does not go all. It's not surface to space. Oh, okay. And there's a ceiling to it, and you can fly over the ceiling and be fine. Gotcha. Um, and it was at thirty four thousand feet when it flew over DC. Right. So, you know, it it, it was still at that altitude. Now I'm sure they were with it by that point. I had yeah. trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. I mean that that was one heck of a story for around here. And of course, all the all the what's that noise? People came out. Oh, the Facebook. <laughs> you, everyone filled their bingo card that day. You think a police helicopter fills the bingo card? Oh my god! <laughs> so, and the weirdest part was the amount of false stories that came out, so they could be out first. Oh yeah, like we heard that it was an explosion south of Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, is it a, a gas explosion or was it? Uh, or was it a? Someone said it was like a transformer box. Yeah. Like these were actual stories going around. Yeah. Couldn't have been wronger. 
Like, no, like, didn't, can't you're someone confirm in, that? You're nowhere. And here's the thing, like, but they were legit, but people are, like, there's a bunch of people that follow all these, like, there's Anne Arundel First Alert, there's a bunch of scanner pages, there's some apps, and it shows all the calls going out. And they're like, oh, the, it, it's a, a house exploded, the, the, the call's right here. Some dope just said something exploded. And they said, there's, look, they're rolling, you know, paramedics and this and that. Yeah, because if you say something exploded, they're going to roll everything. Right. Until they determine that, okay, nothing exploded. And they'll just, they can grab, it's better to send everything yeah. and peel stuff off than it is to just say, ah, it's nothing. Right. So you say, is anybody hurt? I don't know. The answer is yes. Anytime someone says, I don't know to one of those questions, the answer is yes. Yeah. And, and of course, then it was the, the DC guard was doing drills over the Potomac or over the, uh, the Chesapeake Bay. And that yeah. was wrong. Yeah. I mean, they got part of it, right? They were over the Chesapeake Bay and did a sonic boom. Sure. Yeah. But then you got people that come out and then, then you got the conspiracy, right? Then it was, oh, that's not what a sonic boom sounds like. Yeah. Like, okay. Cause how many, how many rough sonic booms have people heard? Very few. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Joe, uh, Joe on Facebook is knowledgeable enough to tell me what a sonic boom sounds like. Well, yeah. I've heard one before. That's not it. I saw Top Gun. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that was it was like a major story in this area. Of course, it made some national news as well. What didn't make national news was my trip to Costco at, <laughs> during this time. So, so I was on the pool deck. Yeah. Relaxing. And you might have pooped yourself on the pool deck, right? <laughs> I would have. If I heard that thing, and it, just, it, it that was that, I would have crapped my pants. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't hear it. I was out in uh, Ellicott City slash Columbia. My youngest was at a birthday party. Three-hour birthday party at one of those trampoline places. It's a long birthday party. Was it the one that's got, it's enormous. Sky, I, Sky Zone? No, not Columbia. Sky Zone. Is that where you were? We were at Sky Zone. Yeah. Oh, because I was in another one that was like, I took my youngest there. It was for preschool party. It was like if you took the play places at every McDonald's and Chick Fil A, and like multiplied it by a hundred. That's how big this thing. This place is enormous. It's, okay. it's like one of those. It's got. Uh, but it was all the same stuff you'd find in the McDonald's play place. So this is like trampolines. Okay. Soft coated everything. They got like the ninja course. That wasn't even open for some reason. So you didn't um, get to do it? They didn't get to do it. Well, you didn't get to do it. I wouldn't have done it anyway. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're, we're gonna hang from the rings for three seconds and drop off and be done? <laughs> That's how far I would have gotten. Um, so we make sure my youngest is all right, and we had to go. We needed to make a Costco run. We were running out of everything. Um, I was like, I need toilet paper. I need, like, I need essentials yeah. on top of food. But I need Oh, that's an expensive run, too. Oh, you, I, I'll... I cried. The four hundred dollar Costco, five, <laughs> six. Yep. Ooh. I think it was six fifty. Ooh. Yeah. It w- it was a rough time. <laughs> but that's not what made it rough. So we usually go to the one in Glen Burnie. All mm-hmm. right. It it can get a little packed on the weekends, or what I thought was packed until I went to this one in Columbia on a Sunday, mm. or a, it was a Saturday. Maybe it was a Saturday. I don't remember. But. This was nuts to butts, just walking in the aisle. Like, you couldn't even go around somebody. Like, you couldn't go three wide in an aisle because the aisles were fairly narrow. Uh-huh. And it was so packed 
Like it, it was insane. I've never uh, the Costco Glumber never gets like this. Right. Even so, on the busiest day. So I've been. I tried to go to that Costco in Columbia, and I was at that other birthday party place. So I said, "Oh, I'll leave here." And I was going to go to Sam's Club in Annapolis. But I said, well, I'm right here at Costco because I both. I'll go to Costco in um, Columbia. Columbia. I couldn't find a place to park. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, screw this. Like, I'm out. So, you know, we, uh, I just got back on the road and went to the Sam's Club in Annapolis. But, so yes. I never even made it in there. You're braver than yeah. I am. Yeah, we got in uh, trying to get into the parking lots of shit show. Mm-hmm. But we got in the parking lot. We parked far away, but we parked. We walk in. We're like, okay, we have an hour and a half because we had to get everything. We had to be in there an hour and a half, get out, drive all the way back home, unload it, come back to Columbia and pick up the kid. Wow. Then we had to go all the way down to Davidsonville for a Girl Scout ceremony. Yeah. So we were going to be in the car. So anyway, we get out. It we sounds go, like a terrible weekend. It, it was. It was <laughs> we got stuff done. We were efficient use of time. Dropped, dropped the kid off at the Sky Zone, took the other kid, went to Costco. All right. We're in the Costco, nuts to butts, ridiculously packed. Never mind the fact, not all Costcos are laid out the same. No. So now we got, we're pretty much having to find our way through this thing to get to the things that we need. And on top of that, there's a different population at this Costco. Mm-hmm. A lot more uh, Orthodox Jewish people and Muslims. Okay. So they had like a specific halal section. Like they had an actual leg of lamb. Wow. Like we don't get that at Glen Burnie. Because there is no. There, there's no there, there's no halal section in the Glen Burnie one. Not even in the not even Glen Burnie. No, Glen Burnie is not seeing the leg of lamb. <laughs> uh so this had a little bit more of the bougie food. Because I'm intrigued. Yeah. I, I I was this close to buying one. I was like, you know what? I like lamb. Let's do this. It was. It's huge, all I can though. get to. <laughs> it was. It was from the ground. It came up to my belly button. It was. A Are you sure it wasn't like a side of lamb. It said leg of lamb on it. Was there another leg? No, there's one leg in there. <laughs> you only got one leg. You got one of four. I thought lambs were baby sheep. I thought they were short. I, you know, who knows what they're feeding these things? Because this this was maybe it was the long legged one. Maybe it was the sexy one. I don't know. <laughs> Not that I'm not saying I'm into that. It's wrong. Don't be into that. But you know, maybe like I'm thinking long legged lady. But anyway, okay. Off topic. <laughs> um, so the halals there, whatever. We're going through the aisles. We have the cart full of stuff now. We've made it through. We got what we needed. By the way, they didn't have the Kirkland toilet paper. They had a whole bunch of Charmin, hmm. but they didn't have any of the Kirkland toilet paper. Like that's your brand, yeah. And I like it. I didn't. I the Charmin leaves the dust bunnies back there. The Kirkland like, does not, which generate Klingons and Dingleberries. Yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, so I I would not buy it. I was yeah. like, nope. I, I will go to my Costco and I will go get it because I know it's there. But we're there. We're getting everything else. We got a lot of these other things. I push the cart to the side so I can get, you know, two dozen eggs. Because Costco's got the two dozen pack. It's great. Yeah. My wife and my daughter, they're going, they're walking because we're splitting up, divide and conquer. They're going to get stuff. They bring it back to the cart. So I leave the cart unattended to the side. Didn't 
no one was around. I was like, I'll just leave it here for a minute. Yeah. I walk across that freezer aisle. I go get the eggs. I'm search. I'm looking at the. Oh, I pick one up. No, no, no this is a crack. Let me put it down. I'm looking for another one. I see a good one. Okay, look, these are good. These are good eggs. I'm going to take this. I turn around to go put it in the cart. There's no cart there. <laughs> <laughs> now, keep in mind, so we and we just got a text from one of the moms at the birthday party. My youngest, apparently being the graceful one that she is, jumped, hit something, hurt her leg. She was asking for us. So we're like, okay, the cart's already full. Let's finish this and get out. Yeah. And we'll get over there. So we're kind of rushing a little bit. Now, just for any people who think we're bad parents, we did eventually get a text that said she was fine and she was bouncing again. So right. we did not have to rush anymore. Abort. But, abort. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but the cart's gone. Now, we got the whole... It was full. So we, we pretty much... Were, we were like within two items of being done. Wow. So I'm sitting there holding the eggs, and I'm thinking, okay, my wife came and got it. She's, she's pulling it around. So I walk around to the next aisle. I see her walking down the aisle with my daughter, and there's no cart with them. And I'm looking at her going, where'd you put the cart? She goes, what do you mean where'd I put the cart? You have the cart. I said, the cart's not there anymore. It's not where I left it. She goes, what do you mean it's not where you left it? It had everything in there. That was like an, uh, 35 to 40 minutes of shopping. I mean, don't get me wrong. First world problems. But, you know, we just spent 40 minutes. Yeah. First of all, nuts to butts with people. Yeah. Trying to weave through this, trying to find the stuff that we aren't finding because it's not our normal Costco. It's like going into a brand new grocery store. You got to find everything. I'm standing there with a carton of eggs trying not to squish them. Now I'm mad. I was like, someone took our, our, our cart? Like, why? Why would someone they who it? wanted to be there less, right? Less than you did was like, I'm just whatever this guy's getting, I'm getting. We're out. So I, I put the eggs back, and now we're and we're still thinking we got to get out. I'm literally, we're, my wife and I, my daughter, we're literally hunting down the cart. We're we're walking this entire Costco, weaving through people, and I'm not a small person, so me weaving is me basically just bumping people out of the right. Way looking for our cart i'm like okay i got what it was one or two of the things that we had so we had like some of that Lacroix water uh-huh. and it was on the bottom and we had a box that we pulled that we put some stuff in so i'm looking for the box of Lacroix on the bottom of course there's like 12 that have the Lacroix on the bottom and so now i'm still looking around looking around looking around this like 15 minutes of me walking around this place now i'm mad i'm just steamed like who takes it why would you take a cart that's not yours I was like, and, you know, what? it's not even theft. No, 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 no. Like, we hadn't paid for anything. <laughs> but I was so mad that we had spent all this time doing this, and it was all for nothing at this point. We're literally thinking that we're just going to have to leave with nothing. Like, so I, we, I literally walked up and down the main aisle of Costco three times, looking at everyone's car. I'm stalking people at this point. I am just, I'm bird dogging everybody. Like, is that my cart? Is that my cart? Is that my cart? Is that not, not nowhere. Like vanished in the, like a fart in the wind. (laughs) No one had it. All of a sudden I'm walking down. I'm walking back down the aisle, going toward the front of the store. We're ready to go. I'm I'm like, let's just go. Let's get out of here. And I see this older black gentleman and the race will be important in a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not. Not to speak, I'm not speaking ill of them. You'll understand in a minute why. 
And I seen him looking at the car. I said, I think that's it. Now my wife and I go, well, what do we do? We don't want to seem racist. <laughs> but like, hey, you stole our cart. Right. Like, <laughs> I was like, we need to be delicate in this situation. So she walks. I was like, you need to, if I do this, we're going to jail. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm probably going to get arrested because he's going to, like, something is going to happen here. It's like, you need to go up to it. So she's like, uh, excuse me, uh, sir, I, I think you have our cart. And of course, his initial look is like the debt, like, how dare you, right? right. And I'm like, sir, I'm, I'm you know, really sorry about this, but you can tell we've got, you know, the w- women shampoo in, in this top part here. And, <laughs> and like, I'm trying to point out the women's stuff that we have there. Right. Like things that he would never buy in a million. Like he wouldn't buy women's shampoo. Right? right. But then of course his wife is right there. So she comes up and I'm like, oh, well, maybe he does buy women's shampoo now. And she, and she looks at him and goes, did you, t- you go, why is all the stuff in the cart? Like she's looking at it going, we didn't like she's like, we didn't get all this stuff. What did you <laughs> she's looking at now she's looking at her husband like what you, did you do? Are you dope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like we like those like I was like those are our mini cucumbers there. We we picked those up. Like I was like, I seriously doubt this dude's buying mini maybe he is, I don't know. I, I I mean but it was like Man, I don't I also don't think like he would like needed the women like the children's clothes. <laughs> that were in there because right. they were they, they were older. Yeah, they they probably have grand. Maybe they're getting for the grandkids. I don't know. But <laughs> he looked and he literally looks back at his wife. And goes, "Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Where's our cart?" <laughs> and he literally so he he literally just turned and walked away. Didn't say a word. Just turned away. <laughs> and the 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 wife looks at us. He goes, oh, "I'm sorry about this." <laughs> Like it's it's okay. Like, I felt now I kind of felt bad because like she looked like she was like gonna tear into him, right? But he, like, I thought it was now, you, now you're like God. This poor guy should get it. He's gonna get it bad. <laughs> it's like so. Eventually, I saw him walking around with another cart, and of course, I'm thinking, I wonder if that's someone else's cart. He's just grabbing carts. <laughs> He's grabbing carts at this point. But the, the weirdest thing is, like, I could see, I could see how you kind of get confused. Because there's everyone's putting their cart aside so they can go get something, yeah. and you like you could tell he like this was probably the worst place in the world to him because there were so many people there. Oh, he like, probably he didn't want to be there any more than you wanted to be. There. Right, he probably would have just walked out, paid for everything in the cart, and just gone home with it and just be like whatever, whatever. I get what I get. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we do it now. Right, get right. the express carts. Like, They're shit. preloaded with stuff. Right. Like, white people shampoo. Guess we're using it. You know, like. Kids' clothes, gonna be, someone's gonna have a birthday soon. <laughs> That's right, right. Mini cucumbers, guess I'm eating salad this week. Like, like all of it was just, he was probably just like, mm, guess this is what it is now. Um, <laughs> so I feel bad for him. And so we finally, we went back, we got the eggs, we got the other thing, we got out of there. Um, of course, the kid. My oldest needs a hot dog from Costco because it's the best thing going, apparently. Well, yeah, which, do, it's what is it, dollar fifty for a hot dog and a Coke? It's yep. the best lunch in town. Yep. And, and that's course, the big pound, pounder hot yeah, dogs. That's big boy. Yeah. And, and so, of course, I got one. Well, yeah, yeah. She got one. I got one. Actually, yeah, right. hey, yeah. The Costco pizza's good, too. You know what? Hidden gem out there for the people that have a Costco near them. If you're doing a kid's birthday party, Costco will make those pizzas for yeah. you. And all you have to do is go pick them up, yep. and they're actually good. Yeah. So instead of getting like Domino's or some other thing, 
if Costco's somewhat near you, I mean, it's 20 minutes out of my way. I'd probably still go get that over, like, the Domino's. And or the something. thing is, even if you don't have a Costco membership, you can still go to the snack bar and get stuff. Because that's, that's, like, it's before the restricted zone. That's right. Um, that's a little... We're dropping gems on people right there. Yeah. For all you people that didn't, didn't know. Um, the pizza's good. The hot dogs are good. And they're, like, good hot dogs. Like, they're not... They don't taste like cheapy hot dogs. No. Um, and then they have the thing, like the the onion dispenser. Damn right they do. So you get your mustard and onion. I like mine with mustard and onion. That's my jam. I, lo- I love mustard and onion. Every once in a while, I throw a little bit of relish on there. Okay. Um, do they have sauerkraut too or no? I don't want to say no, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think they do. Um, unfortunately, though, because we need to get out, because we did have to go pick up the, the other one. Right. Now, at this point now, we're cutting it close. So we, and we still got to get home. Yeah, because I got I got I got the cold stuff in the bag now, so we had to book it home. So like think think thirty five minutes back home, thirty five to forty minutes back up there to get her. Oh wow, she wouldn't think, fit in the car. She would have, but it was a matter of they were still about an hour plus before the party was over, and we weren't gonna have time to drop the food off after we picked her up to go to the Girl Scout event. We had to go straight from picking her up down to the Girl Scout event because we didn't have time to go home. Yeah. So we went home, dropped everything off, got everything in the freezer in the freezer that we needed to, hopped it back up to Columbia, picked up the youngest one. Apparently she made it through, and then we went to the Girl Scout thing. And that was my Costco trip. Wow. Yeah. That, That's crazy how someone took your car. Took the car. Like, I've never encountered that before. Like, <laughs> I was so mad. Like... Like, I wasn't mad at a person because I thought, well, maybe it was an employee that thought it was just an abandoned cart and they were going to go put everything back. Yeah, I, I was just, I was more mad that it was like at the end of the trip and we had already been there for 30 plus minutes and how crowded it was. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe how crowded that a Costco was. And I, so we get to the checkout and I, 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 I get chatty with the checkout ladies mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I was like, this place is a madhouse. I said, we usually go to the Glen Burnie one. I was like, is this always like this? She mm-hmm. goes, oh, yeah. She goes, it's been getting worse and worse ever since they opened it up. She's like, they they either need to expand it or they need to open another open one. Another one. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how you'd expand this thing. It's or, it's a it's a warehouse, for crying out loud. Yeah. It takes up, I think, the entire thing. It's a standalone building. No, it's, yeah. I, I, wish, I wish there was an Annapolis Costco. I do, too. Um, there seem to be an Annapolis Wegmans. Is that so, is that happening? Yeah, that's what's going in there. It's that big crane thing you see on fifty. Okay, because the the only thing on the developer's website says there is a grocery store going in. Yeah. It won't say which one, and I think they haven't put the Wegmans name on it yet. Mm-hmm. Because the last time they tried to put a Wegmans in, Annapolis and Parole voted it down for whatever. God forbid you have a Wegmans because it's the one of the best grocery stores around. Yeah. But I guess they were against redeveloping that part of the of of Annapolis. The part of Annapolis is, I mean, what they tore down and put there was was a dump anyway. I think it was the old Coke bottling plant, yeah, wasn't it? Something, I don't, or maybe Coke's still yeah. back there. I don't know. But that was, I mean that that was all one day. Sonic Boom, car being stolen from <laughs> from uh, from the Costco. Grab one of the express carts. Yeah. Um, just want to say thank you for listening please like subscribe comment share smash that like button share us with a friend um 
Also go to drivewebeerspodcast.com slash donate. Join us on the driveway. Uh, Join us there. You get absolutely nothing for it. Although if you do buy us the bottle of whiskey, we will try it on the show. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.